0: Welcome back, everybody, to our podcast. This is Criminal Justice Today. I am your host, Trevor. This is your co-host, Jack. Hey, how you doing, y'all? So me and Jack go back quite a ways. Um, we started being friends in sixth grade. Played
1: baseball together when we were 12. It was a fun time.
0: Yeah, it was really fun. But uh, time to get to our actual topic of the day, which is crime. And the uh, the podcast episode today is called behind bars and the reason it's called behind bars is because we're actually going to be talking about imprisonment. So in 2019 there were 10 million offenses. Um, now you might be asking yourself, why is that important? Well it should be important because there have been reports that have coming been coming out recently in the past few years of false imprisonment. Now Jack, I don't know if you're well versed on the topic or not.
1: I'm not in I'm not incredibly well versed with necessarily the entire topic of false imprisonment. However, I am very intrigued by the whole concept of the actual punishments being handed down. For instance, like I know what was big in the news recently was a inmate who was suspected to have been not as big of a part of a murder as he was originally believed to be was executed on death row, which is kind of uh sparked an even further push for the abolishing the death penalty so like that kind of i guess touches into this because i think people he may be he might not be falsely imprisoned but in that case some people believe he was falsely punished for not actually being the man that pulled the trigger but being involved in the murder so i'm i'm more i'm more informed on Maybe that they, like the handing down of too harsh of a punishment more than actual false imprisonment. So I'm definitely interested in getting to talk about it, and learn about, a little bit more about it.
0: Right, and a lot of people don't really keep up on this topic. They're more of what they see as the big headlines. You know, exactly lately- like
1: what I just like what I just mentioned. It was a huge headline. In fact, I never it was never really like everyone obviously has heard of the death penalty, but like I didn't even know it was still practiced that often. There was just, the other week there was two in two days. So, like, it really is the only thing that, it's really more headlines that turn heads and not big problems like this one.
0: Right, and uh, a lot of people that uh, are falsely imprisoned, you don't know about it. Like, in these few stories that I'm about to tell you, they didn't get uh, exon, or they weren't publicly told they were falsely imprisoned until 20, maybe even 30 years old. One man uh, went to jail for, it was, he went to jail for 20 years for a crime he did not not commit. That is unbelievable. It is. And, um, but some, you know, some people, they receive like jobs afterwards because of how public, or even if their story gets that public. This one man uh, in 2017. His name was Derek Hamilton. Derek Hamilton didn't do anything wrong. But he was sentenced 20 years. For a crime he did not commit. Uh, once he was free actually. He became an activist. For other people who he believed. Were wrong, wrongfully convicted. Uh, in jail. And after hearing. Or after making a name of himself in the criminal justice system, the New York, uh, some people in New York, like government officials, offered to pay him $7 million. Really? Yes. And, well, you know, you might think, you know, $7 million is a lot. That's a lot you can put, you know, something towards. You can help your new business out. You can help your family out for all those years you were in jail. But you have to remember that they spent that time in jail. This is said it
1: was 20 years, correct?
0: 20 years in prison, yes.
1: Yeah, honestly, I mean it's crazy to think about. Yes, that seems like quite a sum of money to be paid. But think about think about his position beforehand. If you had if you had it's one thing if you had been like, yo, here's a here's a thing just to like test you like something crazy for 20 million dollars, you have to spend a year in jail. You might get some crazy people that – that, I'm, I'm sorry, $7 million. Um, for $7 million, got to spend a year in jail. You might find some crazy people that will go for it. But like if you ask someone, <clears throat> if you spend 20 years in jail, I will, I will give you $7 million. There's no person that would take that ever. So think about it now after the fact that he's already experienced it and this is sort of them re- trying to reimburse him. But it really doesn't add up. It doesn't necessarily that there's no way you can make worth of 20 years of your life being taken away for something you didn't do by a country that, you know, you're supposed to have your your constitutional rights. You know, seven million sounds great. And I'm glad that they were able to, you know, compensate him. But at the end of the day, not to sound greedy, but that's in my opinion, that's almost not enough.
0: No, I don't think any amount of money is worth 20 years of your life in jail, especially because some people in the workforce might truly believe that you were guilty. And that might affect you getting a job in the future or even buying a house, supporting your kids like you can be looked at differently throughout the rest of your life just because of one wrong move.
1: Absolutely. And it's and the crazy thing is it's obviously there's different severities of all crimes. You know, we you know, you might not necessarily feel threatened by someone who spent a year in jail for evading their taxes. As say, you might feel more uncomfortable around a convicted rapist or armed robber. But 20 years behind bars would turn anyone's head in terms of. You know what in the heck did he have to do to, that they felt 20 years was cuz that's a that's a that's a hefty sentence right It's two decades and so people might even just associate the years behind bars he spent with the severity of his crime and that will work against him as well
0: right and that kind of leads into the next story that I'm going to share with you uh this man his name is Ricky Jackson um he's 50 He's around he's in his early sixties right now. But in twenty seventeen he uh he was released from prison at the age of fifty nine. Uh he was eighteen when he went to jail. Oh now, my goodness. Now you might be asking, you know, what did he do? Well, they believed he uh killed someone, a shop owner that was down the street with his friends. Now, you have to have pretty solid evidence to be able to back that up. Well, the police and the justice system found a paperboy who claimed Jackson fired the gun, but they had no solid evidence. They didn't find fingerprints on the gun. They, I don't even think they found the gun, but it took one false witness to put this man away in jail.
1: That's unbelievable.
0: And I... You know, one of the reasons that I'm drawn to this topic is because you don't think that it happens today because there's videotaping and you can easily prove someone's uh, guilty or innocent nowadays. But you really can't. There's some times where you know, in the it's not even in the hands, in it's not in your hands or the criminal justice's hands like lawyers or judges it's in the police's hands there was um a study done in the past couple years i want to say it was 2018 that the chemical they use to see if a drug if a substance is actually an illicit drug or not um it can actually change colors with certain chemicals so you could have a perfectly legal substance on you it could be pretty much anything, but if it has one or two chemicals, it can change colors to show that it's a drug.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I I don't, I mean, I know science has come a long way. Like, 20 years ago, we might have not had this. We, might not, we definitely didn't have the technology we do today. But you kind of got to ask yourself, what can we do? Or what can, you know, the people do to help our police officers and our criminal justice system get more stuff right.
1: I mean, it, with the information you presented to me about the story that you just told me, it's kind of, are, are you saying that the paper boy, and again, I haven't read up in the story you providing this, is the paper boy that gave this false um, accusation, did he name the man specifically
0: Yes he named him specifically
1: Okay Just because I think that right there Is is one part Is
0: It's a societal you know, thing
1: a, Unless Unless that man stared you right in the face It's a bold 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 move To go specifically Call out somebody by name Believing they did something unless they unless they stood over you with a weapon and stared you right in the face or you caught them and and they really did stare you right in the face one that's just that's just the first point is that's very bold and i and i and i just that right there is alone i think kind of an issue and two is they took word from one man that is that is scary yeah because it's- you could you could have they could have went to someone who held this paperboy could have held a serious grudge against this guy and this could have been premeditated we will never know and they if that were the case they just threw you said it was you said he went in when he was 18
0: yeah he wanted to become he actually wanted to go into the marines and he couldn't exactly because so of his false they, imprisonment they, they,
1: they threw 41 years of this man's life away because of one person's hearsay that wasn't even accurate, that wasn't even true. That's a big problem.
0: No, I completely agree with you. And in statistics, or I'm sorry, not statistics, in psychology this year, we actually learned that eyewitnesses aren't that um, reliable because people can, they. They they think one thing and then they continuously repeat to themselves that that is the truth. And then they do it so much that it's just ingrained in their head. That mm-hmm. what they think is right and nothing else can change their mind. Interesting. And there was actually a story we learned in psychology that a man was falsely accused of rape because... This woman went out and said that he was her rapist and he got thrown away in jail. I forget how long it was, but he ended up meeting her actual rapist in jail and they looked so similar. But that, I've
1: th- heard of that story before.
0: That just goes to show you how easy it is that someone can uh, convince themselves that they're right. And they have and, to take and, their word because, you know, they were the victim there. They should know what happened.
1: And think about this for a second. We're, we're talking about how, you know, we we talk about how this throws years of your life away. And that's true. And that probably is the worst part is it's time you're, you know, you're, you're living years that you can't be spending with your loved ones and, and, and doing your job and, and enjoying your life. But Another aspect of this that I don't think everyone thinks about with false imprisonment, and especially, especially with cases regarding rape and sexual assault, which are disgusting, disgusting crimes. But if someone is falsely accused, the, the public outcry against someone who is suspected of sexual assault, it spreads like wildfire. And the news could go out that you, it, you have been proven not guilty. You have been proven that it was false. And there are crimes like rape that that will follow you forever. And it will not leave you. Even if, the, even if they broadcast on every major news network in America that you have been found innocent of your crimes... That uh, an accusation like that or an experience like that will follow you, and that's I think the other thing that's extremely devastating about this topic in general is it's one it 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 impacts your life in the present state as you are wasting your years in jail, but it it'll it has an impact on your life before you're even a free man or woman because it's gonna follow you unless unless there is majority of the public support for your you know, the reversal of what you what of the uh, sentence you were given, it's gonna, it's gonna follow you and taint your reputation forever.
0: And I think that even further than that, it doesn't only affect your life, it affects your family's life. Because you could Oh, hundred percent. Your family could be easily targeted by somebody who just takes it to the extreme and wants to hurt them or sends threats.
1: Absolutely. And it's it's a it's a ripple effect for sure
0: now the last thing I wanted to ask you was are there any thoughts that you have on how we could help stop this or at least lower the rates of false imprisonment
1: well it's funny you ask me that because one of the things I've been thinking through this whole discussion is what's scary about the majority of crimes is unless it's someone who admits that they did it, unless it's someone who is caught on tape, or unless it's a crime that, for instance, like a, a, a cop saw in the act, like you, you, you hit someone with your car and drove off, it was a hit and run, or a speeding ticket, even if it's something like a speeding ticket, there's only three instances, at least that I can think of, where, you know, there's only three instances I can think of where the, the sentence given down to someone is not a subjective call. And that is, like I said, fit, fit photo or video evidence admitting to it or a cop seeing it as, it as it goes down. So what's scary is there's a lot of these crimes where, you know, someone maintains their innocence up until sentencing day and it's a completely subjective call based on what that jury thinks and what what witnesses they've asked to provide them, you know, testimony. And so I think it's a hard question to sort of pinpoint where exactly to start. I think there's multiple pieces to the puzzle because like you said earlier there's a there's a paperboy that gave a false accusation that threw that contributed to someone being thrown away for nearly 50 years of their life in in a prison for a crime they didn't commit but on the other hand you've heard stories or at least i've heard stories and i know others have heard stories of juries who have even and i i I go back to the death penalty case that i brought up near the beginning of this episode you know That man that was executed, and it had the public outcry because everyone thought they they should have halted his execution, he didn't deserve to be executed. There were people that, he had been on death row for nearly 20 years, and there were people who were on the jury from the beginning of his trial, who as the trial progressed in years, went back on their own beliefs that they thought death penalty was appropriate. They actually decided later on that it wasn't appropriate, and he was still executed. So it shows you that there's no jury that's perfect, there's no witness testimony that's perfect. So there's a lot of there's a what's hard about stopping this is how many uh, pieces there are to this puzzle, and some of it is. And we talked about how these people who've had their lives thrown away, you know, in these false imprisonment cases, like they're the main victim, and they absolutely are the main victim. You know, they're having an awful, awful occurrence happen to them. However, you also have to realize that some of these people may have been in positions associated with people or associated with events that allowed the false premise to be perceived as a possible, you know, true accusation because of who they were associating with or where they were at the time. So, really, there's accountability on all fronts when trying to address this issue.
0: There definitely are, but I'm going to have to say that you know, someone might say that the accountability you're talking about is just being at the wrong place at the wrong time.
1: Oh, no. I I 100% agree that's a possibility, without a doubt. Like, that's absolutely a possibility, and that is probably the worst... I mean, I don't want to compare how bad these scenarios are to each other because they're all terrible, but that's probably the worst possible situation to be in. I'm saying that... I think being associated with the wrong people or being around, you know, events happening that are not, you know, positive things can also better someone's chances of having a false accusation and put them in prison. So I'm saying that there's there's accountability on all
0: fronts. I I mean, yeah, I, I do have to agree with you on that. But, you know, some of these some of these people, they weren't even near. I mean, yeah, the the one dude, um, what was his name, Ricky Jackson? He was he associated with the wrong people, but Derek Hamilton, I forget what his what he was convicted for, and I it, it's really bugging me. But there wasn't anything in this story about him associating with the wrong people, or you know he might've lived in maybe a bad area or maybe he had bad friends or associated with the wrong people. But the thing that I stand by the most, and I'm sure you're going to agree with me on this is that sometimes the jury and even the judge forgets that everybody who goes into that courtroom is is innocent until proven guilty without a reasonable doubt and that's what our Absolutely
1: whole and and the other thing the other thing I want to clarify is I'm not I'm not I'm not pinning the I would not I'm not saying that someone who is associated with shady people or shady groups situations are you know it's like oh sucks to suck when you get a when you get a if, if they were to be falsely imprisoned. I think it's just as horrific as it were to happen to anyone because prison is a horrible place that you and I can both agree we would both absolutely be deathly afraid of going to. And it's it's not a measure of how much, how much worse or not whether how deserved or whatever it is. it is. It's not that. My point is, the best I think you were talking about how to combat the problem. And I'm saying the the hard part is I think there are there is some accountability on people to try to be associated with the best situations and people that they can to, a, to lessen the chances. It's just as horrific. It is not at all deserved if you are associated with bad people and you were associ- and you're um you're incarcerated for something you didn't do. That's that's not fair and it's not constitutional. And I'm glad you brought up the whole uh, innocent until proven guilty because I think that's something that this, especially with having the media, the vast amount of media that we have today, I feel like that's something that we have distanced from slightly. And it's a whole different conversation, but there are certain crimes where you'll see that with more. You'll see it with more heinous crimes. You'll see it, with murders, rapes, and sexual assaults. You'll see it with many things that the presumption of innocence is not as prevalent today as it used to be, and that's a, that's a problem in itself.
0: No, and I, I completely agree with you. I think that people nowadays are so more infatuated with other people's lives and what's going on outside of theirs that they see one thing, they, don't, they barely do any research if not barely than none and they just run with it and that i think is a big reason why people are not i don't i mean it's not the only reason why people are falsely convicted but i think that definitely what people see on media either social media or news or newspaper is a big reason why people think the way they do
1: Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Look, look, like, look! Like what I said to you. The, I know it's the third time I'm referencing back <laughs> to you, but that—that—that that, that, I would not have known it happened, and I would not have even had an opinion on it if it wasn't for the media blowing it up. And there's no one. The 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 media. You know, there's kind of a mob mentality, and usually, mob mentality is used in a negative sense. But at least. In here, I think it's talking. I think they have the right opinion, but there's sort of a mob mentality where the entire media—you don't see anyone out there defending this man's execution. Everyone is outraged
0: by it. Oh, so yeah. the media plays it, the
1: media plays a huge role in court cases. Which, in in freeing people who should be freed, that's a good thing. For the sake of the presumption of innocence, sometimes it's not a good thing.
0: Right. And I know we kind of strayed away from the topic there, but I do think you're right that the mob mentality nowadays is so much stronger than it used to be. And I know the question I asked you about how you think we can fix it was kind of weighted and that there's no true answer. I mean, you could list off so many things that we need to do, like train the police force better. Um, And some of this will just take time and effort and you won't see a change overnight it's definitely going to be over a long period of time that we're going to have to wait and see this
1: uh, i would i would definitely agree as with any but it's that's that's true of any you know big change that needs to be
0: made right um i definitely agree with you and i know that you know, us on the outside are just, we think it's fine that we can take as long as, you know, as long as it needs to. But there are people in jail right now that are waiting for the day that they get a new or a different hearing. They get to appeal their imprisonment. I mean, time is really just of the essence. And I know we don't really think about it a whole lot because I'd say most people in our grade are... In our lives don't go to jail or see themselves going to jail but we have to st- take a step out of our own shoes and put us put ourselves in someone else's shoes
1: oh I agree and uh, I always look at I always look at topics like this um, I always look at topics like this one from a like point of view of like you know my religion Definitely, because I'm a religious person. I'm a Christian. I'm a religious person. Um, And when I think about these crimes, even people who have committed heinous crimes, bad crimes, who actually committed them, everyone is created equal. Everyone was, you know, everyone has sinned. And everyone, in my opinion, whether committed or not committed, deserves... A fair trial deserves, you know, due process. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is I think a lot of people just think the bad guys go to jail when in reality, while many bad guys do go to jail, there's a startling amount of people who wouldn't even necessarily – some who've who've actually committed crimes, who aren't necessarily really threats to society – who are behind bars and people who committed no crimes that are behind bars. And I think if more people knew about it, there's been people who have been freed from prisons, freed from death row, free from all sorts of things. When we get the public's, you know, voice heard, that's the funny thing is, you, you know, you look at, you look at celebrity, like for instance, Kim Kardashian, you look at her as this celebrity who's, whose real talent is, being a celebrity like that's really all it is but she got through to president trump along with some other people and got a woman who was imprisoned during the reagan administration free when you get the public's voice involved they are heard and i think if more people are if, if we can uh, broadcast this problem of people who are not deserving who people who didn't commit crimes behind bars for things they didn't do i think that could also be a pathway to some very positive change
0: i totally agree with you and to go back to the your point where you said that everybody thinks just bad guys go to jail that's definitely because everyone's taught at a young age that only bad people go to jail they don't tell you about you know, people who are falsely imprisoned, or I know that some families might talk to their kids that they might be looked at differently because of the color of their skin. But I really think that most of this this issue stems I wouldn't say from a uh I, I'd, I'd have to say that it's more of a societal issue. Because a a lot of people that go to jail are looked at differently, you know, whether some people like it or not, but by the color of their skin.
1: Yes, absolutely. I agree.
0: And I think that if we really do want to see change, we need everybody in society to want that change. And I know that's going to be hard, but we at least need a majority of people. Um but I think that when
1: people's voices are heard a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times they are listened to.
0: What was that? I'm sorry you cut out right there.
1: Uh, My bad, my bad. Um I said like I said earlier, when a lot when people's voices are heard, and it's not all the time, but there have been several instances where when the people's voices are heard, they are listened to. Because, you know, a lot of people who are in the legal system have books full of laws and, you know, hell, the, 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 the foundation that this country is built on is the Constitution. And there are certain laws and certain things that I believe have different interpretations between, you know, the actual officials um, enforcing them and the actual people being governed by them. And I think sometimes the people being governed by them can put that into perspective to the the people enforcing them.
0: I definitely have to agree with you, you know, that not even people who are higher ups in this country but people who are like you said earlier was it Kylie Jenner or Kendall Jenner uh, or Kim, Kardashian. Kim Kardashian I'm sorry that just people who like celebrities can get their word out and get their message across
1: but, absolutely because cause think about it What comes what comes with someone like Kim Kardashian it comes with millions of internet followers it comes with someone being as famous as her having probably hundreds to thousands of connections of professionals and other reputable people, people that she may not even met this person and it'll, it's just a you know one of her friends of a friend of a friend has a connection to the best lawyer here or you know with someone with the status of someone like Kim K, okay, you have millions of followers you have connections and money and what's even though that's great that's amazing it's it's gonna be hard to get the message across if if we need a only a famous person to be delivering it every time
0: right it's just all about how you're seen in the public but um i think we're gonna end it there for today we went a little bit over uh where i was aiming for to get to this podcast But I want to thank you for coming on and helping me out with this project.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, bro. I'm returning the favor for when you came on my sneaker podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but um, like you asked me to do, I'm going to ask you to say hi to my teacher. It's Miss Cleland, so if you want to do that right now.
1: Wait, did you say Miss Cleland? Yeah. Miss Cleland, it's Jack Warner. I had you in eighth grade. Uh, I, I had you for English class in eighth grade. I don't live in Michigan anymore, but... I heavily enjoyed your class. I hope you're doing well. That is so funny that you are uh, teaching Trevor. He's like my best friend in the world, even even as far away as I am. He's like my brother. So, uh, And it's awesome. I'm helping you for your class. Hope you're doing well.
0: All right. Well, thank you again, Jack. And uh, Of course, brother. Of course, brother. I want to thank you guys for listening, and I hope you all have a safe and great night.